Welcome to episode number one. Can't we all just get along? This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome Welcome to to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, guys, you're now tuned into episode one of the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Goose, Heck, Manny, and Gabe. All right, so let's just jump right in it. Uh, me, Goose, and Heck are all brothers, right? So so the first segment is dad life. Um, there's funny things that happen uh, being a dad, whether your child is arguing with you, whether you're arguing with your child, or the life is just not making sense to a two-year-old, and they're chucking spaghetti across the... Oh, I should say sketty across the, the <laughs> kitchen getting. table there. So does anyone have a story... I'll jump right into it. Um, I am a father of a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, the two-year-old is a girl, and the seven-year-old is a boy. Um, my story really comes from, and I think every father can relate to this uh, at some point, especially with a young child. Any of us who've played sports, uh, who tried really hard um, to, to be good at something, uh, and maybe weren't that good, me, uh, i.e. me, um, I practice with my son a lot. The backyard catches um, are epic. Yes. Um, they are probably laced in profane language, <laughs> not by design, but by sheer frustration. Uh, but my, my, my son tends to, he's very whifty, he's rainbows, lollipops, and gummy bears is where <laughs> he lives. He's very distracted, right? He's not no ADD, but he just doesn't care. That, that give a care, uh, as we like to say, is not there. Um, so my son and I will have some epic battles uh, going back and forth. You know, you didn't do this, catch the ball. I'm trying. No, you're not. I don't want to do this anymore. You're a quitter. And, you know, after 25 minutes, you know, I look around and I look up, you know, at the windows to see if anybody's looking. I've only ever been caught once by a neighbor. Um, and it's because I used probably... Caught arguing? Not necessarily arguing. It was more like berating. Um, I, I, it was it was it was close to verbal abuse. Now after you know, after it was you go, yeah yeah cops yeah. were almost after called. You go into the house and you really kind of like I took a step back and was like, hmm. thought about what had just happened. I realized I was like, man, that was pretty close to be. I could have been in trouble. So I mean, for for me, that is the biggest fight or argument I have with my son. Is like, I want you to care that we're taking time to practice. And he's just like, yeah, dude, whatever. He just looks at me. He's like, okay, dad, let's go. So it's the it's the want and the will to to want to be good at something. I guess is the most frustrating part uh, for me, and it tends to be for me a little overboard. Um, but that's my biggest fight slash argument. Uh, and I'm sure there's some people who sit at their window, you know, just crack listening to, man, this guy's a nut. Everyone's this in a guy while. is a lunatic. Absolutely. Now, is it? Do you feel like that's something that? Y- is it something that he's lacking or that you're not understanding? Could it be that you want it more than he wants to show? Oh, God. Or Am I living balance? vicariously through my son? Absolutely, there is a portion. <laughs> there is no doubt about do, that. Do you think he even cares for the sport that you're trying to uh, yes, put him in? He cares. Yes, he cares because his friends care. But I think it's just... <laughs> Um, I mean, and I'm not. I wasn't saying that. I meant like to the level of caring is what I to mean. To the level, it wasn't that he doesn't care. It wasn't that living vicariously through. I was saying like to the level, like you care at this intensity, and he cares, but it's just at this lower intensity. Sure, I think he shows it differently. I think we're obviously we're all different. I'm more right. of an extrovert. 
Um, and I get, if I get frustrated at something, I try harder. When he gets frustrated at something, it's more of deflating to him. So I don't know if it's, you know, I think he cares, um, but I just want him to care more because I'm a coach, you know, I help, you know, the other children on his team and it's like nothing. Sure. And it's, you know, you tend to always be harder on your kid and I don't know why that is. I don't know if somebody could explain that, but, um, that's what it tends to be. So. Um, that's my biggest yeah. fight and gripe with my my uh, my I mean, son. Now that you said that, I think there it it is because um, now my son's only two, but you see the potential in them, and you're trying to pull out the full potential. Sure. And sometimes when they're around their friends, they're kind of goofing off, and you have been at home practicing with this child, and you know the capability uh, that he possesses, and now he's slacking off chasing butterflies in the middle of left field and you're like wait a minute whoa whoa, whoa!" so i guess that there's a frustration there because you understand the potential and sometimes they're not demonstrating that at you know at all times i think you're absolutely right it's the that's the toughest part is when you see it happen it's the lack of consistency i think is the most frustrating part and i think is our biggest problem we'll spend two hours working on something and he'll go to practice the next day and it's like whatever we did for two hours is gone so i just think oh i just wasted a whole two hours of my life for no reason and it's frustrating because my time is precious um uh, well, at least no, I shouldn't say that sounds selfish, but, um, <laughs> but my time is, is obviously so it's, it, we're using it to, to the best of our ability. So, yeah, that's, I think you're right. All right. So that was our segment, dad life. We're jumping into a story that I read. It was a little article. I'm not sure, uh, what the source was, but it was an interesting story on the touchy subject of bullying. Um, but I just kind of want to get the feedback from the crew. Uh, I'm going to kind of chop up the story and kind of give it in a brief and uh, you guys let me know what you think I had some thoughts but I want to hear what you guys so there was this I guess jock walking home from this is what they were calling him a jock in the story uh, walking home from school one day and he saw what they were calling you know this little weak looking uh, person who had tons of books basically bringing all his books home from school and the the jock said in his mind um, he said, why would anyone bring home this many books? You know, you don't have, you know, assignments from every single class or whatever. It was a Friday afternoon and he saw a group of kids run up to the little, uh, what they're referring to in the article as a nerd walking up to him and basically pushed his books, slapped the books out of his hands, uh, you know, kind of poking fun at him. And then the jock saw what's going on. He ran up, you know, ran up to them, kind of scared the kids off, uh, helped. The kid picked up his books, kind of introduced himself, um, and then obviously to make a long story short, they then became best friends. So the Monday coming back, he saw this kid bringing back all these books, and he started laughing. He's like, yo, man, if anything that you're going to gain is probably muscles from you know carrying all these books every time you go home, and the kid kind of just shrugged it off. They literally became best friends. So it was kind of cool, though, because he was kind of like the real smart kid. This was the, like I guess, like the stud in sports. But then this kid became the smartest one in the, you know, the high school or whatever. He became the valedictorian. So the nerd, quote-unquote, that's what he became. So obviously everyone knows your senior year, when you're graduating, that person gives the speech. So the so this this nerd is giving this cool family and friend speech. You never know what someone's going through. Well, here he gives he doesn't say no names, but I guess everyone, dude, I'm getting like chills saying this. Everyone in the school knew he who he was talking about. He's talking about his best friend, this jock. He's saying that you don't know what someone else is going through, and just a sliver of kindness can go such a long way. And 
basically that a lending hand or just a caring heart can go miles because what ha- actually what was going on, he gives the story of his freshman year where he just had, I guess, moved from another county and he was getting picked on, bullied his whole first, I guess, day or week or whatever it was. And he was actually planning to kill himself that weekend. So he brought he brought all those books home because he didn't want his mom to go through the struggle of going to school to clean out his locker. So he cleared his locker out for his mom, and that was the reason why he had all these books, and he was actually walking home to kill himself that weekend. And that was the reason why he had all these books, but it was someone like the jock reaching out and kind of showing that kind-heartedness that changed everything, hence the reason why he had all those books again on that Monday to bring them back, because basically... In his mind, his life got saved or whatever, um, that not all hope was lost. Is, is that a true story or just that? Story? That's a true story. Oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's, I did not expect that story to turn that way. I was waiting for it to be the jock be a jock. That was definitely uh, amazing. All right, so I know that's kind of like uh, a very extreme um, story when it comes to bullying, but these this is real life. These things, these situations actually do happen. You don't know, but your actions, uh, if you're a bully or someone who's just mean in that spirited way, can lead to these extreme um, outcomes. So I know, Manny, you said you had like a little story that you kind of wanted to share. Not necessarily about bullying, but just kind of no, no, human I was, nature. Um, I, I was, it, it touches, it kind of strikes a chord with me because I was, I wasn't the, the, the nerd or the kid carrying the books. I was kind of the opposite. Um, and this goes back to when you're a kid, kind of when you're innocent, you don't have any of these preconceived notions and you, you know, life hasn't really jaded you yet. Right. Um, I was in third or fourth grade and a, you know, the, the kind of the, the nerd actually brought in some cupcakes, birthday cupcakes, and he, his mom brought them in. And they were going to hand those out. And the, the lady actually, his mom opened them up and the cupcakes looked gross. I mean, they didn't look good. Um, she definitely did not read the directions right on the box. Let's just say that. But with that said, she had Fruit Loops on top as some sort of garnish or the treat Fruit on top Loops. of the cupcakes. Fr- Fruit Loops. Fruit oh, wow. Loops. Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. When you yeah, said that's... Fruit Loops, I thought Fruit Roll-Ups, so in my mind it was funnier. But yeah. Fruit Loops, that's interesting. Fruit, Fruit Loops. And they weren't crushed. They were just like three Fruit Loops. And I'll never forget and oh, the man. teacher stood and up. He was and happy. It was what? And the kid was like psyched. Uh, he pumped. He was oh, with his man. mom. I mean, she brought him everything. Yeah. And then it it came out to, does anybody want one? And it was, cr- when I mean crickets, third and fourth graders being quiet is like right. you know, seeing Haley's comedy. It never happens. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> you should be pumped up. Well, I sat there, and there was probably about 10 seconds of awkwardness. And I can remember this clear as day. His mom turned red. The teacher was drowning. She was looking around like, oh, my God. She's like, I'll take one. Oh, man. And nobody, nobody even remotely, none of the kids said, you know, me, nothing. Everybody looked down. And inside, I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is wrong. Nobody should feel like this as a third or fourth grader. I'm thinking, you know, I put my hand up, and I... Yeah, I'll take one, you know, and she brought it over to me. The mom's face, the relief, because I felt, I think she felt so bad for her kid. Yeah, Because yeah. it was happening in front of yeah. her, like... Hearing you know, is one thing, but experiencing exactly, it. But experiencing it. Not and, even and you're experiencing, you're seeing your kid go through exactly. it. Exactly. Wow. And you just, you know, for your kid, you'll do anything. And to see that ha- actually happen, and I remember the relief on her face... And then once I kind of broke the ice, and then somebody else said, and then everybody ended up having one. But I remember, I mean, that's obviously 
you know, not the, the, the same type of level of the story Jim told, but I think there's a small piece of like, oh my God, the relief. And he felt better and he smiled the rest of the day. And not that we, we, we didn't become the best of friends, but we never had any issues. And, you know, he, I don't know, he always looked at me, said hi. We became friendly, cordial. Um, and, you know, people were less prone to pick on him. And it was just, to me, that one little thing that might have changed. Uh, you know, his, let's just say that school year, yeah. um, but especially that day. But I do remember that clear as day. Um, I mean, I think it's natural for the human heart wants to connect with everyone on a certain level. And when you, and then, so in that connection, there's a relation. So you can relate, even though you're only in third grade and you think um, your mind, well, we think of third graders as, you know, they know a certain extent of life, but to that level of maturity, that your heart was actually reaching out to this, you know, this kind of mom and son and actually the teacher. So you're actually able to recognize that and just to make that connection kind of like, you know, I you understood on some certain level, which is kind of crazy. Sure. Like you actually think about it, man, I was in third grade and, you know, you're third making grade. these. Absolutely. You wanted to reach out and have that. Uh, you understood what was kind of going on. That happened to me in fifth grade where we had to bring in uh, our favorite music and what we listened to. And it was kind of like a, a show and tell them, but it was, I guess, music edition or something like that. I, I don't remember specifically what I even brought in, to be honest with you. I remember this, this one kid brought in, I had no idea what the music was going to be, but he, it looked like the teacher wanted him to participate because he was kind of just, you know, just sitting in the background, not really engaging. I don't know if it because he didn't like anyone else's music or he it looked like he wanted people to connect with him but he didn't know how to do it he was very kind of like an introverted person so i remember like pushing him to like i'm like come on dude just put it on it's okay like we, we all listen to different music and whatever i never forget man he put on some hardcore rock and <laughs> my I, I literally i'm not even being fun i got a headache like i was like holy it was like just i don't know who the you know the artist was there was nothing wrong with it i just i didn't know i didn't expect that you know what i mean it was just bam bam, bam. it was just craziness right and uh he was loving it dude like he was like in the moment he's like going like this he started like slapping on his knees like playing the drums on his knees or whatever so he's like uh so he's he goes back and he's like you know slapping on his he's loving this whole thing Man, I just remember, I'm like, why in the, like, at some level, I'm like, why in the world did I tell this dude to play with his music? But at the same time, I was, it was like that, I felt relief for him because I felt like that could have been a defining moment where he couldn't be him. And it started, it was, we're only in fifth grade. So if he was already feeling that, we didn't even hit high school yet. Right. So the fact that, you know, I felt like that may have helped. I mean, th the kid actually ended up doing, I think, music as a career. So... I don't know if that was a defining moment. You would have actually have to interview that guy. But um, I remember just feeling good about myself. Like, mm -hmm. just, he looked like there was something pent up, and then he got it. Even though, like, it was a, to a level I didn't understand, the, you know, the music or whatever. But, yeah, man, that, I, I really do think there's something when it comes to a connection. When you Whether you're the bully, bully that kid um, watching this nerd get his books knocked down, or the seeing Fruit Loops on a sad cupcake, <laughs> or, or some random heavy metal being played at you know at just randomness there's just still a connection all at the same level which is great about all those stories you go books cupcakes and music is that none of them have anything to do with each other but the biggest i guess connection is that human relationship that was like just yearning to reach out to another human being regardless of how different we are right 
and it's it takes people like that uh, not that I'm not patting myself on the shoulder I was a fifth grade me anyway but it's just in general if people can understand the core message if you try to understand someone first before picking on them or bullying on them uh, the guy that Manny was talking about with the cupcakes if someone actually sat down and was inside his kitchen and watching him and his mom make these and pouring their heart out and his excitement coming in and the car ride the conversation on the car ride going into school and if you have that visualization would you just sit at that desk and not take that cupcake no I don't think so if if I knew that that kid was holding on to that rock CD his whole for the whole week because this was like something that was planned out and he could not and he kept going back and forth with his friends and his mom and he's like I want to I want to connect with these people but this is the only thing that I know and you get the whole backstory of why he picked that specific song and had meaning and he was probably trying to connect to us on a certain level would we not have accepted him or gave him this weird look that that was just too weird for us probably not. If people known that this kid was just a new kid, he was actually trying to make friends when he's carrying those books and he was going to kill himself and we actually knew that story, would you slap those books off of his hands that day? Probably not. So I, th- I guess the core message is if reaching out and trying to understand and putting your feet in their shoes and kind of walking in their, you know, walking in their, their shoes for a mile for once and trying to get that, that even, if, even at a basic level. It's not saying that you have to, you know, know people on a deeper level but at least more than just their name or what you see on the exterior because that's what they're judging they see a nerd carrying books sure i mean put yourself just put yourself in that situation you know it just me i put i think what i did was my thought process at that point was let me put myself in his shoes let me stand in front of 20 kids with my mom next to me and when my mom says hey does anybody want to share you know in the cupcakes and not one person says anything. I'm, you know, I'm mortified as a kid. Absolutely. As, as, as a, you know, a eight, nine year old. I mean, what are you thinking? Like nobody likes me. And at that point, you know, you're just exaggerated as all hell. At eight and nine years old, nobody's ever gonna like me. So I mean, I immediately was sensitive. Like, yeah, super sensitive because you know, you, how many friends do you really have? Usually, go home, do your homework, and then chill in the house and go to school. So. <laughs> You don't have that there. So I think I immediately put myself in that situation was like, man, if that was me, I would want somebody to help me out. And that Mm -hmm. just kind of was a turning point to say, hey, not even to help the guy, but I just felt bad for him. Throw him a bone. So, yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that's spot on. Just going back to that whole human relation thing. Plus, I thought that was incredible. You're in third grade. You can sense that. I think we all had that feeling, I guess, at one point, even at a young age, if you could actually think back, there was a time where you kind of felt an energy feeding off of another human being where you kind of felt bad that, that that's very powerful you think how strong we were are as i guess just as a soul like a human soul that's not learned you know that's not taught you know what i'm saying no, that's a, just like a natural it's an innate kind of ability that right. a person has to you know to feel that so yeah that, that, not thinking about it like man you are i think i look at my son who is in first grade at seven and he's kind of emotionally like you know I don't I tell my wife these things like hey man we can't argue in front of him because he feels that and to go back and be able to feel that yeah. and think to myself and it's obviously not stained my memory but it's burned into my memory because I can remember the Fruit Loops it was red, green and like purple so I can remember it's very vivid um, so it obviously you know I burned into my thought or to my mind that whole situation so. It's left a la- obviously a lasting mark. Well, I'll, I was going to say I can add to that. Somewhat, I like be on the other side of that for the fact that, I mean, throughout grade school and someone in high school and stuff, do I have actually 
somewhat been more the victim of like bullying or randomly not consistently but it was like i i remember there was like random time in like i would think i remember one time in, like in third grade my teacher even made fun of me which is bizarre as heck and i don't know what, <laughs> i don't know um, what the cause it was that, but it was like she literally like badgered me to the fact to, to the point i was crying in class so. oh well I, that happened to me in second grade. so i mean yeah but that but there was times like in sixth grade where like we had like a substitute like um art teacher or something so like you know substitute people people the kids go crazy anyway and they don't want to control anybody i remember i always sat like towards the back of the class and like everybody's like all over the place anyway but there was something where like if you take like an ink pen and like rub it really fast it gets like hot yeah I there was like two that. kids on both sides of me kept doing that and like it literally like, burning my neck jeez and like they kept doing it to the point to the same point i was like i just started crying i was like that couldn't yeah. do anything and then we went to my main like our homeroom because we was like our teacher like the teacher had to like freaking lecture the heck out of them because like like yeah. what are you thinking doing that stuff? And it's like nobody uh, sixth grade whatever that is. Jeez. So it's like, like what like I was like where do you think like you're it's right to even do that? Nobody ever at that point nobody offended me. I was like in the back yeah. of class. Nobody seemed yeah. like nobody cared. So it was right. like, like you feel like horrible the, the whole day. Even though it didn't always happen like that, but it's like yeah. being on the side and like nobody's defending you. It was like what is the point? It's like you just feel horrible like the rest of the day. And it's like yeah. So you can feel, I mean, I guess you can relate to, the, like, if someone did get saved. So you yeah. can relate to that person, not necessarily had to be a jock, just someone who yeah. understood and reached out if they kind of yeah. stepped in and said, yeah, yeah, that's not cool or whatever. Yeah. You're burning the back of someone's neck. Where in the world did you had, like, literally from? marks and everything. I was like, teacher's like, oh what in God. the heck is going on? That's like, yeah, that's like a whole nother level of stuff. So we, like, got, we got both, um, unless heck is the bully or something. <laughs> yeah, um... Twist up this whole story. When Gabe said doing the whole paper thing and running it and getting the, the ink pen hot, yes, I was that kid that did that to several girls on their arms. So you did, I so was, you did it as flirting? or I did it as grabbing their attention, not realizing. Again, I didn't realize I was being a bully and now sitting back and listening to these stories and stuff. I kind of actually was a bully i would always sit there and make fun of some kids and 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 i would make fun of their sneakers and i would just like you know oh look you got holes in your jeans and and now i sit back and i'm like my parents raised me better mm. so for me to even <laughs> go that route was just beyond me but yes the whole shaking the pen thing i knew exactly what you're talking about why, and uh why, hold on let me cut in here why why did you do it being on the other side I, i'm trying to think about like man why why would you do it what, not what, sure just I, funny? I i just was it funny? It was. Uh, it was funny to see the reaction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just because it was. It was amazing to me that I moved my pen fast and I didn't realize that the tip can get that hot because I did it to myself. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what possessed me to do it through my head. So there was a cute girl sitting next to me. So I went on the paper, boop, 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 scribble, 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 got burning hot, and I put it on her arm, and she jumped and she looked at me and just like yelled, screamed at me. So. I continuously did it for probably for like three days straight. I would do it to different people, and but it was mainly to girls for whatever reason. And I thought that was getting their attention. Well, well, listen, you got four daughters. We obviously know what you know why you were doing it. Um, but the better question is, is, is for, for me is to say, like I made fun of I made fun of my friends, which obviously when you get a group of friends, you know, breaking stones is kind of you know, yeah. No, they weren't friends. They were just random kids. Random that, kids. Why okay. would you, why what possessed you to do that? Maybe make fun of them. You know, um, is it an inner conflict of yourself? There was, or, no, I there mean, was a lot of times. I always thought when I was younger, I always thought that nothing could happen to me. I honestly thought that. Really? And I thought I was always better than everyone as a kid. And that's it's pretty pathetic because I know that I'm not better than anyone. And 
not more powerful than anyone. It, it, it's so ridiculous that I always thought that nothing could happen to me and these kids are just whatever. Really? And I, it was, I, you it know was, what's funny too? It was I pretty think pathetic. There, there is something about, I guess, like teenagers and they have this whole thing where they, they can't get in trouble. And obviously a lot of this bullying is going on in schools where they can get in trouble, but only to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're not getting, I mean, obviously it depends on what they do, but if it's like what they consider little stuff, but it's detrimental to someone's mentality yeah, that it's actually yeah. crushing someone inside. But when everyone's looking at it as a, oh, you know, he kicked this kid and made him fall down some steps. Let's suspend him. Let's do that. Da, da, da. When we do stuff like that, you know, as an adult, there's like jail time. There's charges. There's all there's as much a more severe uh, penalty that comes associated with that. I don't know if it's something that what you just said kind of you felt like basically invincible that kids do might have this feeling of you know well my my me being in trouble is probably going to be limited and then as in gabe's example no one even cared or even said anything i mean yeah. and then to top of it all, top it off it was a substitute teacher so if these kids are saying you know getting and that that really does lead into terrible behavior anyway if someone's not getting reprimanded or the level of their um of them getting reprimanded is so little to what the you know they would say take away something that your kid likes or your kid likes video games and a person just keeps taking away something that they don't even care about the kid's going to continue you know continue to do that but in in Gabe's example where no one stood up for him or even if it was a teacher and actually you did say the teacher did give well, like a lecture or whatever after but the homeroom teacher the teacher in the art class didn't well, was it, it was a substitute you said right yeah, for, yeah so, so yeah so it's like substitutes really collecting cool. a check yeah, yeah that's it pretty <laughs> yeah, much okay. oh man that's brutal <laughs> well, to to kind of chime in here, is it a learned behavior or is it a, a just kind of a maturity that obviously everybody goes there uh, at their own pace? Do you learn that from maybe at home or is it just literally a, ma- a maturity thing? You know, was, as, was, as growing up. For me, it was a behavior as pushing the limits to see how much trouble I can get into. Mm. And again, uh, in fifth grade, my mom will tell you to this day, I was grounded from October to March. <laughs> that's how good I was. <laughs> so that just explains a lot. So it was me pushing limits, see how far I can go, pushing my limits. And kind of to this day, I still push my limits, but I know that like if it's hurting someone's feelings, like if I push, I, I, I like to joke and kid a lot. So if I push someone's buttons way too far where I can see it in their face or I can tell that they're bothered by something I said, I kind of fall back and I, you know, I see how they're feeling and I'm like, wow, real, I really hurt their feelings. And I got to apologize. That happened to me. Not too long ago at work, where we, me and this one, me and my one coworker, we joke around a lot and and whatever. He took he took something serious that it was something that I had said to him, but in a meaningful way. So it was through a text message. He texted me something, and I texted him back something that he took you know personal. But he said that he took it personal because it was through a text message. He couldn't see my face or couldn't visualize how I was saying it to him. Yeah, text messages are weird. So. Though, me and him got into the altercation, not an altercation, we just got into like a, a little disagreement type of thing. And now we really don't speak to each other much. So it, it and that's why I say I kind of limit myself now, like with, with joking with people and I don't, I'm not out to hurt people's feelings, but when I do hurt their feelings, I'm not trying to, I can notice it and I see it and, and I try to fall back and apologize and, 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 you know, take and take the fault for the whole situation. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes just kind of going opposite of that um there's some people who might whatever he's saying push the limits there might be some people who are um seeing this at home 
um, seeing just a, maybe uh, coming from like an abusive relationship or something. Maybe they're not getting abused, but they're seeing, you know, maybe one of their parents constantly yelling or scolding their, you know, significant other, and they think that might be okay. Sometimes there's just a disconnect how, how people think that in their mind, kind of like what Hex said, he didn't even know he was necessarily hurting someone's feelings until because he's pushing the envelope or, you know, testing the limits. So he sees it in their face or until someone says something, it might not, it might not, you know, there's other people who are a little bit more on the other side, might reserved or sensitive to it. It might be a natural thing. You're just, some people are just, cause we all know that there's some kids or people out there, some they're just off the wall from the get. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's just like a, you know, a DNA thing or whatever. I have no idea. Um, but there are in-betweeners where you're kind of like, oh, he might've sold that at home or she might've sold that at home or something like that. It's very interesting. All right. So with all everything that has been said about, you know, picking on people and bullying, I think it's a it's a very, you know, it's a hot topic right now. It's a sensitive topic. If you're a bully out there, uh, stop. Knock it off. It's uh, it's not cool. It's not serving uh, the greater good. Um, in fact, I think you're probably harming yourself more than anyone because um, there could be years down the road where you kind of think about things and start regretting the way you, you know, uh, treated people. And then you kind of come to this realization like, man, I was like, not only was I a knucklehead, I really affected people in a negative way. And then you have like this baggage, you know, you know, hanging over. You never want to have that. The best way to leave people is hopefully you can leave them with a more positive uh, note. And I know everything's not perfect. That's the reason why this podcast is titled, why can't we all just get along? Because I think there has to be a forced effort. Sometimes we're not going to agree with everything that everyone does or says. We have to, that comes with a maturity where almost agreeing to disagree, um, as long as anyone's not getting hurt or, you know, let's, you know, try our hardest to kind of get along with one another and respect each other. And the biggest, I guess, takeaway from this is actually put yourself in that person's shoes. And would you or want your kid get treated uh, the way you're treating people? All right, just to, to, to kind of second that or piggyback off what Jim's saying, um, using Hex uh, kind of life example, you know, what goes around comes around. You know, it's a cliche. So whatever you're doing to someone, uh, just remember that it, it it will at some point catch up to you. So you're, you're going to be wearing that shoe on the other foot one day. So just oh, make absolutely. sure you treat people the way you want to be treated. And then I can't say that I'm ready for it, but I have to be ready for it because I know it will come back around to me. And it may have come back around to me and I may have not noticed it or noticed it, but it does. It will come back around. Yeah. And I, you know what? And I think we all, to some level, I wouldn't put it under the title of bullying, but to some level, maybe for some kind of intimidation or kind of making fun oh first of all everyone make fun of somebody at some point at some level even if it's like your own little brother or sister or cousin or neighbor whatever and it it, there is this weird thing where joking around with people and either you get too comfortable and you just go for the one that's like you know straight for the jugular and like oh gosh this guy and we all have that one friend who takes things to the (laughs) unnecessary level where you're like dude we're just kidding around you just like took that joke to a whole nother thing but that is a form of bullying that is a form of intimidation right that's a form of manipulation that's a form of just a negative energy forced on someone else that was didn't ask. It's unsolicited. All right. So we are going to jump into our third segment. What was a funny sibling argument or story 
you have to share with us? Why can't we all just get along, right? And you kind of think about that, and then you go back to childhood memories and think about the times you guys kind of went through something or did something with your sibling or whatever that's funny. Gabe? I have, I have something. It's like really quick. It's like it was me and my sister were like in my mom's bedroom. We're like watching TV or something. She said she was going to go and get soda. So she came Shasta. up. Or something, one kind of soda. But nonetheless, it was like a like a big like you know like almost like a solo cup glass. She came upstairs and pretended like to drink it, and even though it was like it was for me. And for some reason, I got so angry at that when she handed it to me after she jokingly like, "Oh, okay, here we go." I like threw the whole cup at her. <laughs> I just like turned it over and splashed at her. For, I don't know what in the world possessed me to do that. But it's like I made a mess everywhere. I had to I had to clean it up too. But the fact that I'm the one who made the mess, but it was like the, the dumbest thing I've like done with my sister. I've, we had like random other like fights and stuff, but oh, man, that was like that's... one like the dumbest like made no sense at all. <laughs> that's classic. I remember one time we were um, uh, we used to go in this back i guess it was just like this massive land where there used to be it was a parking lot i guess there was buildings or whatever it was actually behind a um a church that we used to attend in in, in the, the town that we're from and we used to ride our, our go-karts and our mini bikes back there there was no traffic it was just an open park an abandoned parking lot and uh, we're just you know kind of doing circles kind of doing circles and my and goose was i guess just got i don't know either sidetracked or super excited about you know riding a mini bike that he just kept passing us. And me and my dad were like waving him on like, stop, it's Jim's turn, it's Jim's turn, stop. He flew by us one more time. And dad, my dad looks at me and he's like, you'll get it this time. And I'm like in tears because whatever. And I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or not, but <laughs> he was just like, you know, you know, what they say, chichando goma, was just like, you know, uh, burning rubber or whatever. So he comes back around. My brother's just like staring at us, laughing. My dad runs straight at him, grabs his arm, and the mini bike keeps going. So my brother's <laughs> off the mini bike, gets yanked off, and the, the mini bike crashes. Well, it like tore up the, I mean, it was a very, I mean, not the best put together mini bike. So the handlebars got like all jacked up or whatever. And I couldn't ride the mini bike anyway. So he's crying. I'm crying. My dad's ticked the heck off. Then my mom comes. I remember from the top of this hill, comes storming down from like the, the church or whatever. She's yelling at my dad. I'm like, everybody was in trouble. I mean, everybody was in trouble. It was hilarious. So it started out something so little that every single person was like mad at the other person. Why is he crying? Why is he crying? Why is the mini bike broken? You know, oh my gosh, hilarious. So on a side note, the mini bike actually broke before that accident. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh, the confessions. Yeah, I uh, I was riding that mini bike. Actually, it so happened to be in the same location. I was with my dad. It was a Sunday after service. Uh, we went home, we picked up the mini bike and, you know, it was a bunch of guys just hanging out. They were doing something else. And I was riding the mini bike. I, I insisted. I told my dad, I was like, ah, I want to ride the mini bike. I want to load it up. Let's go. Let's take it. Let's take it. He's like, no, no, let's leave it. So finally he gave in to me and we took it. So we go out to this park and, and just I'm riding ripping and rhyming. I'm solo. Nobody else is, we're not, I'm not taking turns with anybody. I'm just right. driving it or riding was it. I there? Were we there? Uh, no, I don't oh, think so. Okay. I think it was just me and Pop. So I'm riding it, and and I was going. For, I just like to go fast, or something about the speed. And I, and, you know, and again, I thought I can control the bike and stop it when I wanted to. Well, no, here goes me. I'm hauling down the street, like so. I'm hauling down, and I go to slam on my brakes. Well, I slam on my brake. It was a foot pedal brake, <laughs> and the bike just slides. Well, there was a junk car on the other side of it. And I slide, the, the, the bike completely slides, 
goes underneath the car and the handlebar broke snapped there. I didn't say nothing. I'm pinned underneath the car. I finagled my way out of this car from underneath. And meanwhile, the mini bike is still running. I slide it out and I'm so baffled. I, I did not know what happened. And meanwhile, this is how brilliant we were. I didn't wear a helmet. So I have no idea. And to this day, uh, I don't understand how my parents let us ride this mini bike without a helmet. So I pull That's out the mini bike. Right there, man. I, I pull out the mini bike and the handlebar is just completely dangling. So <laughs> me on the quick, quick thinking, I go to my dad's truck and there's duct tape and I tape up the handlebar <laughs> and I twist it all up kind of thing. And I seen that it was broken. So I put like a piece of uh, uh, I found like a branch in there to kind of sturdy it up. Yo, so I my duct man was innovative. It up. Dude, I was MacGyver. <laughs> you don't even know. And I just duct taped it all up and I left it at that. And I didn't say nothing to no one. So I put the bike away. My dad goes, oh, "What's the matter? Are you uh, you done with the bike?" <laughs> and I was, "Yeah, yeah. I don't want to ride no more. I don't want to ride no more." Meanwhile, I broke the bike. I felt bad because I, I'm waiting for my brothers to find out later on or notice it because they notice everything that I did. And waiting for them to yell at me, but fortunately for me, nobody knows until now. So that's my <laughs> oh, story. But it had man. nothing to do with arguing with the, my, my siblings that, or anything. Man, but yeah, so I broke wobbly. it first. Duct yeah. tape. Duct tape you and fell a twig. Through a car, you didn't have a helmet on. No, I you slid under the, 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 mo- the stick. The man, who was under watching us? Nobody. Nobody. God. It was brutal. And God was right behind church. Angels on Man, lucky duck. All right, so we're going to continue on. This segment is called Quotable. I'm going to give a quote and kind of get feedback from the crew. Uh, this one is from Og Mandino, depending on how you say his name. Some people say OG Mandino, Og Mandino. All right, so the quote goes like this. Beginning today, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. Uh, extend to them all the care, kindness, and understanding you can muster. And do it with no thought of any reward. Your life will never be the same again. Aguandino. That kind of goes back from before when we're talking about putting yourself in someone else's shoes. So this is basically a quote about understanding. And wow, just imagine how you would actually treat someone if you knew, that's a little fatalistic, but if you knew they were going to be dead by midnight, just how you would embrace them. I, for some reason, I thought of a dog. You know, like dog. Any time, no matter when a dog sees you, they are excited, ecstatic. I mean, seriously, oh, yeah. people say yeah. you can Un- learn from them. Love, this that un- doesn't matter. Does anyone? Does anyone have that? You know, get that feeling from this quote about the understanding and uh, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. This quote is as profound and as I would love to use this as an example. That sounds exhausting. I only say that because could you imagine throughout all your trials and tribulations throughout the day to be able to step back and think, you know, OG Mandino, like just just think, man, they're going to die. How would you treat them? They're, to me, how I look at it, yeah. I'm exhausted emotionally to try to stay up on that high, you know, because sometimes you got to pull it out of yourself. You know, you might not be feeling that well that day. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, to be able to do that, I mean, if you could do it, God bless you. Um, you, you become Mother Teresa. But if you can't, this quote, as awesome as it sounds, sounds exhausting to me. Yeah. I think it actually is the, it's a, it's a, a lengthy way to say the golden rule anyway, right? Treat, treat someone. Yeah, treat thy neighbor as you treat yourself kind of deal. I think it is that because really, even if you're saying we all have bad days. So realistically, yes, this is this sounds it's basically it is impossible. There's no way you can 
basically at that operate at that level at all times. But I think it's really just giving you the realization of, I guess, it, it, that drop back looking at life like, wow, you you don't know when it can be someone's last day. Of course, every single day we're not going to be like you're running up to each other and like celebration all the time because otherwise, think literally nothing will get done. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, if people right. are in a complete, we should celebrate each other though. I think that that brings <laughs> us back to that, day. you know, that that core belief that we're in this together. We are one. We should um, embrace each other's lives and support each other as much as we can because just like that kid who was walking home from school that Friday afternoon, you don't know what someone's going through. You don't know what struggle that person is. We're brothers, and we we don't even know some of the stuff that we're experiencing, right? We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what's going on in that person's mind. And it could be that day you want to choose to use that, you know, smart comment and just throw it out there, a little stab or whatever, instead of kind of, you know, lifting up that person. I'm not trying to take away from joking around. I'm not trying to take away from, you know, having that camaraderie where you can, you know, act a fool in front of your boys and Manny says break stones. But I think it is it is fantastic way to a quote that you should probably read uh, every once in a while. Just I think it's a more of a reminder because we're definitely not angels, like I can say that for sure. Yeah, it's more to bring it back to normalcy because sometimes you get off the track, this kind of gets you back on the straight and narrow. This quote, now reading it again, kindness and understanding you can muster uh, and do it with no thought of any reward. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, doing yeah. it because there's not an, an objective or a goal of doing, just doing it because it's the right thing to do. I mean, going back to, uh, you know, Manny was saying before with uh, heck what goes around comes around, which also is the law of attraction, which is all these things is what you put out is what you're going to get back in return. Right. So if you put out these lousy energies towards people that you really don't care for them, you're just really very self-centered and concerned about your tiny little world. That's just what's going to come back to you. Right. And you we see people in life that live lonely lives, sad, pitiful, lonely lives later on in life, knowing and you could just look back and like, man, you probably didn't contribute to much. Right. Aside from your little selfish, I guess, belief system where everything was about you majority of people hopefully get over that after their adolescence i mean i think that's what that's for a lot of frustration you're confused you're, you're leaving your childhood entering into adulthood super confusing you feel like you do know it all but just that contribution to life because yeah and it, it says what you can muster so it's like with all you can is like sometimes you have to put a smile on your face even though you had the crappiest day to top that off 90 percent of us are dads your kids are watching right so if you see you always walking around miserable or treating people in a negative way, quote unquote, you know, bullying or whatever it is, they're then where what Manny was, you know, said earlier could be a learned attitude or whatever presence that these kids are giving off. Sp speaking of that, I actually was driving here. I read a uh, a quote passing a church, which said, "A parent's life is a child's guidebook." kind of touching to what you're you're saying wow. yeah and i i drove here thinking like man that's something to talk about but anyway kind of piggyback off what you were saying um Understand. if you use that as a train of thought i mean that'll that'll kind of bring you back to center uh very quickly if you're a parent oh man dude it's like the cameras never get shut off you know how like at the end of the day you get to leave work so no one's actually watching you or micromanaging you anymore you can't do that in right life right i mean your kid is literally watching how you get dressed how you eat how you talk, 
how you walk, how you carry yourself, the swag you have or don't have, right? They're watching every, there's mannerisms that me and my brothers have that we all have that we got from our parents. It's not, it's a learned thing, how we talk to people. I mean, even like these guys here, I see how they even talk to like my brother uh, Goose, how he talks to his customers and stuff is like the natural kidding around like our dad always used to have. (laughs) He was giving us funny examples of when he has uh, kid customers and how he kind of sparks conversations with them and stuff like that. And even hearing their responses, I'm sure, is kind of like related to that. If it's like a person who's like kind of miserable, you kind of know your level of joking around or whatever it is. Yeah, and actually going with that, that does like um, you see the kids come in and you see how they are like goofy and whatever. And you look at the parents, that's how they are. Yeah. And then you see some parents come in, they're kind of like straightforward, serious. And they sit there and just wait for their turn. Yeah. And you see the child sitting next to them. They're the same exact way when they're in the chair trying to spark off a conversation. They're just like... Yes, no, real quick answers. Right. Yeah, everyone has like their own characteristic and stuff, and they obviously get it from their parents. They see where some kids know how to act, like when it's time to act up or when it's time to be good or whatever. For most part, they don't, but yeah. if they feed off their parents, right? Like, if you're acting goofy, the kids are gonna start acting goofy. If right. you're serious, the kids are gonna kind of be somewhat serious in, in situations. Yeah, and then sometimes the kid doesn't care or just hopped up off some like lollipop or something and ventures off and acts like a fool. They're also watching how that person, how that parent's going to correct them. My mom's not correcting me or my dad's not correcting me. So I'm going to just keep acting crazy or whatever. So the way they correct, right? Is that not how you correct your kids for the most of the part? A lot of how our parents corrected us or disciplined us is a huge part on how we discipline our kids. I'm not saying that we, pull off or say the same things because a lot of these are joint relationships. There's, um, you know, parents that are together that they, you know, decided on how they're going to handle certain things. But even in the back of your mind, you know, I hear my mom's like, oh my gosh, I sound like my mom. And then there's some stuff, some stuff I say, I'm like, holy smokes, I sound like mommy right now. So that's obviously a learned uh, thing. Just, and, and people say learned, it's not just like, you know, literally reading books and stuff like that. I'm like, literally they're watching you. And they think, they take that as acceptable. So if your dad steals from the corner store and you're in the getaway car every weekend, that whatever, that's the actions that you're more likely going to prone to do. I mean, there's, there's, I have friends who are readers because they said their, their parent was always reading or right before bed, their parent was always reading. They always had books in their house. This is not to say that we can't stop. The buck doesn't stop here. We can't change, um, you know, the family tree in certain aspects of life. And in fact, you absolutely can in every single aspect. But that also goes, if you want to change it for the better, uh, survival the fittest type of thing, you have to pay attention. You have to realize how you treat people. You have to realize that's called being an adult. And an adult, an adult is such a terrible way to explain life because it's like everything filters underneath this umbrella um, of adulthood. Alright, good stuff. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Rotated Views Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views Podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.